You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Good day to you, beloved. It is a very special time of year as we celebrate the passion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So welcome to another episode of Doctrine and Duty. I know in the last episode I told you that uh, the doctrine of election would be coming up from the Abstract of Principles, and that will be coming uh, next week. So stay tuned for that on our next episode. I feel I felt that it uh, be right to uh, go ahead and focus on the passion uh, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ this week, as we are in the midst of the week, uh, the days Palm Sunday between the day between Palm Sunday and. Resurrection Sunday or Easter. Now, I must confess, I already recorded this episode, and I recorded the election episode, but due to a technical glitch, uh, those messages were erased. I'm going to tell you, they were great. They were fantastic. As a matter of fact, I, I will not be able to equal or rival those two episodes, I'll be honest with you. Of course, no one will ever know, but in my heart, I know these things to be true. <laughs> All right, well, anyways, it is good to be back with you. Um, and uh, since I just recently discovered that these messages were not recorded, this is going to be an abbreviated one, so I apologize for that. But, you know, things happen for a reason. Uh, we serve a sovereign God, a God of providence, and so we seek to trust Him. Well, um, I have been preaching... Uh, John 18, and we'll be going through John chapter 20 as we consider the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And there are many things that have intrigued me uh, throughout my studies in the Gospel of John thus far. You know, each Gospel writer presents something very unique, uh, lots of unique things, but they, they present their own character, their own background, their own history, their own personality. All these things come through in the books in which they write as they are filled with, led by, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. Well, um, in John's Gospel, you'll note it's not one of the synoptics, so it's not Matthew, Mark, or Luke. It is different. It is highly theological, but also highly uh, focused on on, um, application as well. But it's just different. It has a very different flavor about it. So as we consider doctrine and duty, we think about the substitutionary atonement of Christ and of course, the, the duty of that is what we experience. We experience God's forgiveness. We experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Um, and, and as far as the victorious resurrection of Christ, obviously we celebrate eternal life. We celebrate abundant life here on this earth and eternal life with the Lord forever. And all of this is because of Jesus. And so because of Jesus, we are called to worship. We are called to submit and surrender, to bow down, to praise, to obey to have faith, to trust and hope in Christ alone. Well, um, in John chapter 18, towards, I would say about halfway through through the chapter and to the end of the chapter, we have Christ talking about this kingdom, that he is from another kingdom, that his kingdom is not of this world. And of course, he would say that he is not of this world. And we as believers, we buy, we have probably bought the stickers that say NOTW, we are not of this world. There is that um, that balance, if you would, that we have to have to be in the world but not of the world. We are uh, both citizens of whatever country to which we belong, but we are also 
heavenly citizens. Whenever we get saved, we become children of God. We come into the family of God, and we become kingdom or heavenly citizens. Now, those things uh, have not yet happened if we're still alive on planet Earth, but it is a done deal. So we are kingdom, heavenly citizens. We're not of this world. But ultimately, that will not happen until we go to be in the presence of God. That's when it will be realized in its fullness. So positionally, we are there. Practically, we are here. And so we remember those things, and we praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, according to what Paul wrote to the church at Colossae, or in the book of Colossians. When we move to chapter 19, uh, we consider the burial of Christ and uh, the resurrection of Christ. And in John's Gospel, when we, when we move to that, we're, we're concluding chapter 19 and we're moving into chapter 20. And again, each Gospel author, each Gospel writer, presents a little different take on things. And it's really cool to see um, how John focuses on uh, Peter and John and Mary. And Mary is so concerned, so upset, uh, when she gets to the tomb, wanting to to put the finishing touches on the burial preparations for the body of her Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, only to find out that he is not there. She assumes erroneously that the body has been taken, the body has been stolen. She alerts Peter and John. They run as fast as they can, and John is the faster of the two. He arrives first. But he doesn't go in. He just kind of peeks in. And then Peter arrives, and you know Peter, boisterous Peter, he just goes right in. He, there's no considering. There's no contemplating. There's no concern. It's just, boom, he goes in. They also notice, but they notice something. They notice the body's gone, but they also notice the grave clothes, the strips of linen that Christ was, mm, we can't use the word embalmed, but pretty much he was wrapped in with the myrrh and the aloes and the spices and the oils. Those things are there, and they're there as if the body were in them, but the body is not in them anymore. That's really cool. And then the face covering, what's called a napkin or a handkerchief, depending on your version, but uh, this uh, singular piece is actually folded and placed somewhere else. Um, and so what we find is that the body of Christ just comes completely through uh, those linen cloths, and then... Uh, at that time, he, we would assume, he, being Christ, was uh, responsible for folding that face cloth and setting it aside. Now, it's, it's interesting because when we think about the, the glorified or the resurrected body of Christ, it's, it's so unique. Because as we move into chapter 20, we find Christ walking through walls, yet the scars are visible. He can touch, and he touches. And then later in John's Gospel, in the last chapter, he is receiving food, and it like, who knows? It doesn't come out of him and through his through the hole, or it's not a ghost-like figure. And so this glorified, resurrected body of Christ is absolutely supernatural and miraculous. And we praise the Lord that, that we get all of these details about Christ, and yet the wounds are still there. Uh, we especially find that uh, to be interesting when it comes to Jesus's interaction with Thomas. You know, the Jews, I'm sorry, the, the disciples are locked away. They're scared of the Jews. I mean, they came and got Jesus at nighttime, and so it's nighttime, and they're, they're hiding behind a locked door for fear that the Jews are going to find them. And, you know, Jesus was one. There's a lot of them. They'd be easier to find. And all of a sudden, someone comes right through the door with the door locked. And so Christ 
resurrected body is able to move right through that, and he presents himself. And and he presents this over the, over the course of this John chapter 20 passage. He presents this message of peace three different times. Peace. My peace. Peace. Wow. You know, as we think about our current needs, I don't know about you, but when I consider the culture and the climate in which we live, the antagonism, the hostility, the hatred of God, Jesus, the Bible, and even the people of God in our current culture, when I consider the, the worries and fears of life, when I consider the mourning and grieving over lost loved ones, when, when I consider the, the struggle that we have with sickness and sin and sorrow and heartache and tragedy, there is one thing that I need, and that is God's peace. And that is one thing that is only provided by Jesus Christ. Thomas, doubting Thomas, as he would be ter- termed, wasn't there when Christ came in that time, but exactly one week later, on another Sunday, first day of the week, day of the Lord's resurrection, the day of Christian worship, on another Sunday, Thomas is there. And they've told him numerous times, obviously, Thomas, you're going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. And Thomas says, you're right, I don't believe it. Unless, 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 he's demanding a sign, and no sooner has he said those words that Christ comes through the locked door again and speaks directly to Thomas, telling him to look and to touch and telling him that his peace is available for him. And Thomas makes that um, legendary declaration, affirmation statement, my Lord and my God. Christ had told him not to be an unbeliever, but to be a believer. Do not be unbelieving, but be believing. And Thomas declares, my Lord and my God. So there's some things that we need to consider duty-wise this resurrection season. Number one, Jesus is the only source of peace. Um, and so it's, it's my prayer that you would experience the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, uh, number two, don't be unbelieving. Beloved, be believing. Trust fully in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, listen, I love you. There's lots more in the in the Gospel of John, so much so that it says in verse 30, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Glory to God. Listen, I love you. May the Lord bless you. Heavenly Father, please do a great work in our hearts and lives and let us live for the glory of God and experience the peace of God daily. Lord, we need you. We can't do this life without you. Help us to be faithful. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Again, I love you, and it's been great to be with you. Um, You take care. See you next time. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church, located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.